Hi, I'm Patty Jean Robinson. I'm Tracy Elliott. We're from the web series Becky, Becky and Kate, Kate Works in Progress, and you're listening to We Be Geeks. This program is powered by Tascam. Tascam's Mini Studio Creator US42 is your new personal production and online broadcast studio featuring a professional quality audio interface and a number of unique real-time effects. The Mini Studio Creator delivers everything you need for your podcast or webcast. Find out more at Tascam.com, part of the Gibson family of brands. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is after that second century mark, right? Century mark? Yeah, century mark, right? Yes. Yep, hundred. So this is episode 201. We're now First in the, one of a new century. We are now in the advanced classes. Yes. Yippee. Either, either that or second half of the beginner classes. <laughs> welcome, to junior year. welcome to junior <laughs> Welcome to sophomore year. I wish. Sure. Um, crazy craziness over the holidays. Condolences to the Reynolds and Fisher family. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Loss of Carrie and, and Debbie. Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. There, uh, a lot of people are suspecting Carrie Fisher was already dead before they even took her off the plane. Possibly. That just, so, that broke my heart. And then, yeah, and then, uh, out of all the celebrity on, deaths, I think that one hit me the worst. Yeah. yeah. And then a, lo- a lot of people are, are saying that they kind of figured she was already gone, too, because there there was no, all they kept saying was she was stable. She was stable. There was no, uh, she's responsive, mm-hmm. she's this, that, and the other. She was just critical condition, but stable. Stable, but critical. So, yeah, and then to lose Debbie Reynolds the next day. Uh, yeah, that's the one that freaked me out. Uh, that poor oh, family. Yeah. Yeah. But we did have some good news. Our own Jules had a brand new baby, Oliver. Yes. Added to her family. I I have failed this womb. I gotta leave. <laughs> <laughs> Came out with the uh, dressing green with an arrow. Well, uh, will he be on the show when Jules can't be? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll come on and go, may I have some more? <laughs> um, and then, well, there were two final casualties of 2016 before the end of the year. There was, uh, was it William Christopher, Father McKay from the TV series, MASH? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so. And Mariah, Mariah Carey's career. Well, (laughs) (laughs) not a big loss there. Being a sound guy where you're like, holy crap. (laughs) Can't imagine what was going on behind the scenes. She lost her, uh, in here, I had a rough idea. <laughs> it wasn't. I don't think. I don't think it was the sound guy's fault. Like she's blaming. Yeah, because she she did old Lang Syne with no problem with ears right. in. And then all of a sudden, now she comes off, goes back up on stage, and does this other tune. Her lip sync. Yeah. Well, yeah, she knocked her inner ear monitor out though. Well, she was old Lang Syne. There was sync issues, but she's going. Oh, we don't lip sync. No, everyone does because you, it, it's the way the, the mics lie for your vocal, but singing it gets muted for the track, and, and the audio guys know when you're going up to sing. It's she had the same problem a couple years ago. 
at the Rockefeller Center tree lighting. I should blame that production company. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard, she's, she's had similar issues here at Disney. Oh. Isn't she, she doing a that. Vegas show? Isn't she doing like a probably. thing and in it's Vegas? Tra- and it's probably all track, too. Yeah. But she she was saying, you know, her manager saying, oh, she didn't have her production team with her to handle it. Well, okay, cool. That still wouldn't have solved the problem of, you know, if, if that was the comfort factor, then okay, then maybe you should have at least brought a representative with you or one or her sound guy with her. Whatever happened to bands just getting up there and doing it live. I know. And then whatever problem there was or wasn't, either way, she did not handle it well. No, no. If she had just done, you guys sing along, join along, sing along, and had the crowd get into it, it would have been fine. But to then start throwing the production team under the bus? Yeah. No. Sorry. And see, and a lot of times, too, they'll play the track to the singer with their vocal because it'll be running at the same time as mm. of the performance. It's just the vocal track will be muted because there'll be a split track usually. Vocal track will be muted unless something happens catastrophically with the microphone. And then they could go, you might hear a slight glitch, and then it goes to the track with no problem. And it relatively is seamless because you, you're going to see right away, oh, the track failed, boom, or mic failed, boom. Boom, switch over. Yeah, all that outside stuff, and there's so much stuff going on on that because it's not yeah. like a concert venue. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you my my feeling about it. I bet you this was all fodder for her reality show. No, oh, jeez. Oh gosh, I forgot she had that. I bet you this was all for the reality show. Yeah, probably. Speaking of so, reality shows, ah, yes. Um, back to Jules's baby. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have the TV premiere, wait, the TV premiere dates for, this is coming from Den of Geek, and this is so confusing. TV premiere dates 2016. No, it's 2017. Come on, guys. Get it right. Seriously. Um, debuting today. <laughs> well, today. as we're recording, Wednesday, January 4th, Blindspot, Goldbergs, Lethal Weapon, Speechless, Criminal Minds, Star, Modern Family, Nashville, which is now over on CMT, Law and Order, SVU, dun, dun. Frequency, a black Blackish, Frequency, this is their premiere, right? Or do they run in the fall? I'm not sure. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I think that's the season premiere. Too Close to Home, which is on TLC. I have no clue what that's about. Code Black, Man Seeking Woman, all started today on January 4th. Premiering back up from the holidays or premiering for as a mid-season fill-in. Thursday, January 5th, Big Bang Theory, Superstore, The Good Place, The Great Indoor. To me, The Great Indoor seems like a last man standing ripoff. And I, and I expect to see an S when I hear the great indoors. It should be like great indoors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See if they've got an S to cut up with her. It's kind uh, of a one joke show. Uh, the joke being the show? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, it's all about millennial, how the millennials, what, you know, are so different than the other generation and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's all jokes about that. <sighs> Um, is this uh, Big Bang Theory's last season? I think it not is. Not that I know. No. Okay, there's still... Okay, I think there's still they, uh, options. No. Okay. 
Um, Mom, Chicago Med, Nashville. Wait, didn't I say Nashville? Uh, I guess they're running back-to-back nights. I guess uh, Life in Pieces, The Blacklist, Portlandia. That's all premiering. Uh, Portlandia is on the Independent Film Channel. All oh, that's premiering January 5th. January or January 6th, one day at a time on Netflix. What are they adding the classic or are they re? No, they did a remake of it. Oh, they did? Uh, Yeah, I just found out that the other day. Oh, wow. Ah, me, Tarzan, you, Jane, on Netflix. Huh. Friday. Last Man Standing. Grim. I can't believe Grim's still on the air. This is the last season. Thank God. So far, out of all these shows that you've announced, I watch one, Blind Spot. <laughs> I, I watch Blind Spot. I watch Big Bang. I watch. Um, I've kind of lost interest in Blind Spot. Oh, it's been great this season. Uh, I watch Modern Family, Big Bang. Uh, I watch Last Man Standing, MacGyver, Rosewood, Dr. Ken. Hawaii Five O. Hawaii Five O. Wasn't Rosewood one of our uh, shows that we thought wouldn't last? I think Dr. So. Ken, yeah, it's on season two now. Yeah, <laughs> just like Dr. the uh, crazy ex-girlfriend. Yes, yeah. we are uh, not good at picking these. Sleepy Hollow. I can't believe that one's still on. Yeah, they're moving to a new city or something. I saw an ad. Yeah. Uh, ad for it. I think it. I think this is its last season though. Mm. Emerald City premiering. Nope, they were showing a ton of, we were watching football on Sunday, and they were showing a ton of commercials on it. I kind of want to check it out. It looks interesting. Yeah, it looks interesting. It looks Um, like it has some potential. Blue Bloods. And then Saturday, January 7th on Adult Swim, Dragon Ball Super. Hmm. I never really got into the Dragon Balls. Mm -hmm. Sunday, January 8th, the 74th Annual Golden Globes. Yay, another award show. I know what my wife's watching Sunday. Um, (laughs) NCIS Los Angeles, Madam Secretary. That's the one. Elementary, the artful detective on Ovation. What is Ovation? It's the old people that are keeping these shows on. (laughs) Yeah. Like NCIS. I I watch NCIS. I like Los Angeles. Like you said, Um, Brett, it's the old people. (laughs) Yeah. Listen here, I'm not. You guys aren't that much younger. This is true. So, um, so Monday the ninth is the Artful Detective on Ovation at seven o'clock. That's the old people. What in the world is that? I have no clue. Tuesday, January tenth. This is us being Mary Jane, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield's coming back, yay! For possibly the second half of its last season. Possibly. Pretty decent. Um, yeah, it has. Yeah, they, I think they now start the uh, LMD storyline. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I knew that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, taboo. Oh, I keep seeing commercials for that. I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to see it or not. So going to say the name of this uh, next show, Mike, on Pop TV, spelled S C H I T T S. Shit's creepy. <laughs> what the? How do people get it? But that is Pop TV. Uh, Pop sure. TV. One of the things that brought pop TV to the forefront was Impact Wrestling. Now that, but that might not, they might not be around too much longer. Yeah. They're having issues. Um, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce on Bravo. Uh, this is all Wednesday, January 11th. Workaholics. Uh, and Jeff and some aliens. <laughs> Comedy Central. Okay. On the 12th, we have Colony on USA Network. On the 13th. 
We have Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Is that going to be a series or are they on Netflix? The movie? I think it's a series. I think so, yeah. Uh, also on the 13th, Sneaky Pete on Amazon. The Vampire Diaries. Oh, oh boy. Saturday the 14th, The Return of Saturday Night Live. Sunday, the, fif- Sunday the 15th, Victoria, Homeland, The Young Pope. Hmm. Uh, on the 16th, 800 Words on Acorn TV. What is okay. Acorn TV? Squirrels like it out here. It's nuts. <laughs> That's what Squirrel Girl is going to be on. Yes. <laughs> With the Norse god of squirrels. Um, also on the 16th, Gotham, Lucifer, Timeless. I like Timeless. Yeah, I kind of like it too. I haven't seen it. It's good. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like... Uh, it, it's it's sort of like Legends of Tomorrow meets Doctor Who. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a fun show. As long as you don't take it too seriously. Okay. Um, on the 17th, Teachers on TV Land. Never heard of it. Uh, many commercials. Wednesday the 18th, People Choice Award, uh, and six oh. on, on a history channel. Six, six has got my interest. It's supposedly about, uh, still team six. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Some of the sto- various stories of the different, of, of still team six. I've seen there the commercials are, for that during, uh, Vikings. Yeah, it, it looks, it looks decent. I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. Thursday the 19th, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, How is that still on? I know. I think this is its last year. Uh, Scandal. How to get away with murder. Baskets. Baskets is supposed to be pretty good. That's that one with Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Uh, Friday the 20th. Voltron Legendary Defender Season 2. Oh, cool. I didn't realize that was coming out already. (laughs) Uh, Check out the first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different. It was pretty good. Different from the original series but definitely yeah some good some 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 things not great but overall it's pretty good I, I like the twist of how um majority of the team were from earth and fell through this like wormhole and ended up where they're at now yeah i i was cool with that and i like how it because of the way that it's on netflix and they release it all it's not it's not the uh every episode is you know they fight the big bad guy comes they turn into voltron they defeat him mm-hmm. like actually they didn't they didn't even turn into voltron on every episode no oh, wow so well, it was, you, it's like it had like a running storyline, which was good. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a it was a nice arc. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. Also, too, on Netflix will be Frontier on the twenty. I don't know anything about that one. I don't either. On the twenty second, uh, Mercy Street on PBS. Mm-hmm. Not now, sure what that is. Now we're getting towards the end of the month. Sunday, uh, Monday, the twenty third of January. Supergirl, Jane the Virgin. Yeah. Now, we're, now we're getting into the meat of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jane the Virgin. Oh, you're you're excited Quantico. about Jane the Virgin, Brett? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> Quantico. I've heard that um, was good, but I haven't watched it. The lead on, is pretty good looking, but that's about all I've seen. On <laughs> on the twenty fourth, the Flash. And moving to its new night, Legends of Tomorrow, on the 24th. That's interesting. Is that after The Flash, or...? That's right after The Flash. Yeah. Tuesday, uh, also still on the 24th, Outsiders on WGN. Outsiders. And then on BET, the new edition story. Uh, okay. And then yet... (laughs) (laughs) And then yet another season of Face Off. Oh, yeah. I actually like that show. Um... 
on. Is it about the Metrovolta and Nick? Uh, Nick <laughs> no. Here. No, no, it's a reality competition show about uh, makeup people artists. in the in the makeup business, uh, like movie makeup monsters and stuff, prosthetics. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool seeing some of the stuff they do. Yeah, especially in the time they got to do it. Oh yeah. Um, on the 25th, The Path, Arrow, The Magicians, and Suits. I can't believe that show's still on. I think it's been out for a while now. Has it? Yeah, I so. think it's I think it's coming to a, it's starting to wrap up as well, I think. I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. On the twenty sixth, Supernatural. Riverdale. <laughs> oh, there's Riverdale. Riverdale at nine I'll o'clock. I'll wait to hear how that one is before I watch it. Um the twenty seventh, Z, the beginning of everything on Amazon. Hmm. Uh Sunday the twenty ninth, Black Sales on Stars. Wish I had stars. The 30th, Adventure Time Islands. Hmm. On the 31st, The Fosters, Switched at Birth, and The Quad. The Quad. How far into this is this going? All the way till May? Holy. I think maybe we should just see right. a Legion just go through and see what we're looking forward to. Yeah. If okay. anything uh, catches our interests, Powerless. Powerless on the second. Uh, February 2nd. Oh, nice. Uh, training Day. I'm assuming that might be based on the movie. I believe so. <laughs> Powerless, definitely, I'll be interested in. That's going to be Legion, on Thursdays. Uh, February 8th. 24 Legacy, I'm interested in that, but I don't know yeah. how it's going. I never gonna... got into that for some reason. Oh, I used to love 24. <clears throat> I guess the, on February 10th, Vampire Diaries moved to Friday. Uh-oh. Did we, I thought we already said that Vampire Diaries really moving. We did. We did. Ah. <laughs> Wait, oh, where did I see it? No, Friday the thirteenth. So they must be ah. take, they must be doing like two three episodes mm. and then taking a break and then coming I mean, back. Um, I can't Dead, wait to see Legion. Called. Yeah, Le- Legion looks too. good. Uh, Walking Dead will return on the twelfth of February. Okay. The Mindy Project. I just say that because she's following us. Uh, the Mindy Project's following us on Facebook. Oh, not Facebook, oh really? On Twitter. Wow. She is following Weeby Geeks on Twitter. Well, I just happen to love that show. So yes. Need to get her on. Um, let's see All what right. else. Major Crimes on TNT on the 22nd. National tr- Taken and National Treasure. Uh, Taken on the 27th. National Treasure on the 1st. National Treasure's on Hulu. Is this a series or is it the movie? Let's be. For Hulu. Uh-huh. Um, oh, speaking of Hulu, they started following me on Twitter. I think, <laughs> I I think they're following why, us too. I don't even have Hulu. Um, Iron Fist, March 17th. Nice. Uh, this I might have to see just to watch at least one or two episodes just to see if it relates. Idiot Sitter on Comedy <laughs> Central, March 23rd. I Zombie, April 4th. It's yeah. a fun show. Pretty Little Liars, for those of you who watch that, on the 18th, followed by Famous in Love. Sense8 on May 5th. I still have not seen that. Have you guys? No, no but I've heard it. I have it on my list, but I haven't yeah. watched it yet. Now, this, is, this has got my interest. I want to know what this is. Because I remember what it was. Yeah, originally. Dark Angel, the, the Dark show Angel. with uh, Jessica Alba. That was a good show. On PBS. the same thing. Yeah, and on PBS. Yeah. I would be surprised if it was. Right. <laughs> I would be shocked if it was. So, that's what's coming out. Um... Set up your DVRs accordingly. Well, when you can, accordingly. Uh, you can find all this over on um, oh, yeah. Dinner Geek as well. So. so what's this other, what's this Dark Angel? That's got me. It stars as an infamous Victorian solar, serial killer. Uh, coming to that explains PBS. <laughs> so there we have it. Yes. Huh. Old people show. 
Well, since we talked about old people shows, how about we talk about a young people show? Uh, yes, as you heard, Arrow is going to be coming back soon. And it looks like Talia Al Ghul is going to play an important role in the Prometheus mystery that's been going on for the first half of the, the season. I still think it's... Uh it's Harper, Roy Harper. Yeah, and uh, last fall, of course, it was announced that Stargate SG-1 actress Lexa Doig had been cast as Talia Agul, daughter of Rachel Agul, on the CW series Arrow. Looks like she's going to have a recurring role um, for the rest of the season, but not much yeah. is known about her storyline and what she'll be up to when she debuts. And, uh, of course, if you've seen the trailer for season, the new season, uh, there is some spoilers on there revealing yeah. that the, if you saw the ending of uh, this mid-season finale, um, we have Katie Cassidy as Laurel Lance returning. But it looks like she's not the Laurel Lance that everybody knew before she got killed. And this is the Black Canary that we wanted to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Not the tech-based. Yeah. So. So, I don't know if this is... I haven't seen the trailer, so I don't know if this is from Flashpoint, uh, change from Flashpoint, or what it is. It could be. Yeah. It could be. But yeah, I'm anxious to see it. Tell you, I'm surprised they haven't... I don't know why they didn't bring her instead of... Uh, Oh my gosh, Katrina Law's character, Nissa. I don't know why they why did they just use her in the beginning yeah. instead of uh, just bringing her out now. Kind of, she's kind of an unknown character. I don't think she even appeared in the comics, did she, Nissa? Uh, I don't think she was. I think she was created for the show. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but she'll be appearing now, coming <clears throat> in, coming into the second half of the season. Yeah. Oh boy! Did you guys watch SG One? I did, yeah. Oh, I'm not not familiar with Lexa Doig. So that is the excitement for the new Arrow coming up. Cool. Now we head to the movies. Briefly to the movies, yeah. (laughs) Briefly. (laughs) Okay, maybe a little longer. (laughs) Well, I believe, uh, if we recall our big 200th episode last episode... The uh, it was pretty much unanimously agreed upon that Deadpool was the best movie of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, correct. Correct. Yes. That's what I thought. So it's very interesting to hear on read on MovieWeb.com that the nominations for the upcoming Writers Guild Awards were recently announced and Deadpool was nominated in the Adapted Screenplay category. When looking at the other movies that were nominated, it is borderline shocking, but that is not to say it isn't deserved. The other nominees in that particular category include Fences, Nocturnal Animals, Arrival, and Hidden Figures. So along with some poignant, socially relevant movies, a piece of excellent thinking man sci-fi, and one of the best dramatic thrillers of 2016, an R-rated, violent, crass, and bombastic superhero movie also scored a nomination from the Writers Guild. I think that's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, that's the only movie that I know out of all those that you listed. I've never heard of those other ones. <laughs> well, I, I haven't seen any of them, but I know Arrival and Hidden Figures, because uh. they just came out recently. <laughs> well, the fact that it could possibly even get an Oscar nod. Yeah. Prior to this most recent nomination, Deadpool was also nominated for a couple of Golden Globes, most impressively in the Best Picture Musical or Comedy category. Marking the first time a live-action comic book movie has ever accomplished that. Ryan Reynolds Reynolds was also nominated for Best Actor. 
an honor which he actually won at the Critics' Choice Awards, which is interesting. So now they're saying that Deadpool could get some recognition at the Academy Awards this year, possibly. Which I would so love that. Isn't it funny? Uh, There's been so many other comic book-based films or superhero-based films, and most of them don't get consideration for for best movie mm. or, or best film, and yet Deadpool's in that consideration. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, and Deadpool's like the last thing you would... Like, Deadpool's like a movie for us who are the comic book fans. Right. Like, the critics and the, and the mass public, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like... You wouldn't expect them to love Deadpool. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I saw an article attached to this and it said um, Deadpool was the most pirated movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. As well. Um, here, here's the li- full list of 2016's most pirated movies. Deadpool, Batman Heart Superman, The Flop of Justice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Captain, Amer- Captain America, Civil War, Star Wars, Force Awakens, X-Men, Apocalypse. Warcraft, Independence Day, Regurgence, Regurgence, <laughs> um, Suicide Squad, Finding Dory, and the Reverend and the Revenant. That's your top ten. There. It says here that Deadpool made seven hundred eighty-three million worldwide, and is the highest-grossing movie in the X-Men franchise. <laughs> That says a lot, considering yeah. there's been, what, mm-hmm. six other films? Yeah. Seven other films? Well, no. Uh, in- including one this year, Paco Flop, which well, was... Well, eight films. I'm so interested in seeing it. Eight films. You got the three X-Men. X-Men, X-Men 2, oh, right. and yeah. Last Stand. Yeah. The two, the two Wolverine movies. Right. And then the three um, Reeves. First Reus. Class. First Class. Yeah. Uh, Days of Future uh, Past, Present, actually whatever. Three. <laughs> and Apocalypse. Yeah. Apocalypse. Wasn't there? Uh, no. So, yeah. Speaking of Apocalypse, <laughs> <laughs> we have here uh, from Daily Superheroes, we also have a list of the worst comic book movie moments of 2016. So let's go over this list a little here and give our thoughts on these. Okay. First one, June Moon is an archaeologist. And this is uh, from Suicide Squad, which, have we all seen that now? Yes. No. <laughs> you, you have failed this movie. <laughs> so June, June Moon is the character who becomes the Enchantress. Mm. <laughs> and it says here... June Moon is the character with one of the dumbest and at the same time funniest in its dumbness moments of the entire year. As an archaeologist, amateur or not, June would be careful when it comes to the artifacts she finds. Well, not this version, since as soon as she finds that weird-looking doll artifact that serves as a trap for Enchantress, she frees the malevolent entity. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> yeah, you, that must have, you must have also laughed. She didn't trip, she didn't fall and accidentally break it, which would have been which have been to some degree excusable. She simply twisted the neck of the doll and broke it. Yeah, she did yeah. it on purpose. <laughs> uh, six weeks. That is how long it took for the Suicide Squad script to be written. I guess it shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So next up, if it will load, ah, uh, the Justice League cameos. <sighs> The moment when Batman vs. Superman is put on hold in order to introduce Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg, which draws directly from the nightmare scene, makes it on this list. And how do they cameo? Via video files, with Diana Prince watching them. So here's your movie, Batman vs. Superman, Flop of Justice. Now pause it and watch some YouTube clips. (laughs) This is what (laughs) Zack Snyder must have told Warner Brothers when presenting his film. He didn't even try with these cameos. <laughs> I don't know, that was a, that was a really lame way to do it. It's just like oh, yeah. but yeah. When we get the original start of the cameo with uh, Wonder Woman, it starts off with the photo that they end up using from from the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, exactly. So I have no hope for the uh, DC Cinematic Universe. I'm still I'm still holding hope for Wonder Woman. Uh, so am I. I still think for, that's going to be... Especially for Zoe's sake. I'm still thinking that might be good. Zack Snyder involved with it? I don't think so. Then it stands a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. All right. Now, the third one is... Uh, that was, the third one, my page froze. Uh, it says the, the third one's always the worst. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of apocaflops. Yeah. <laughs> So you you said you didn't see this one, Brett? No, not yet. All right. Well, this won't spoil too much for you. <laughs> yeah. I, they, uh, they they take Jean's comment, her, her quote from uh, from this. Yeah. They have to watch him Return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least we can all agree the third one's always the worst. Ouch. That's you in Return of the Jedi. Sheesh! Did Brian Singer really go there, especially in this movie with these inexperienced and sometimes wooden actors? Yeah. Uh, that was that was pretty. Like I remember when I saw it, when when I saw that part and she said that I'm like, yeah, you, not in this movie. You shouldn't have done that joke. She's kind of meta. Yeah, it was just. Uh, but it's okay. Brian Singer gets back to back nods here. Yes, because uh, Psylocke is, <laughs> is the next. Oh yeah, movie moment. Waste of a character. <laughs> Total waste of a character. Pretty much. Uh, I guess I'm saying uh, to some degree, see, Brian Singer must have a leather fetish and Olivia Munn in this flick is the embodiment of that fetish yeah nothing to explain about her character and why she make an awesome writer pun intended for <laughs> apocalypse it doesn't even explain why she's both a real sword and a side blade her character is just there <laughs> Yep, she is. Pretty much. I mean, she was completely, basically useless in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Such a good character, too. Yeah, I love Psylocke. But I had a feeling when they picked Olivia Munn, I was like, oh, that's not going to be good. (laughs) She did great. Yeah, that she did. I tried to give her a chance, but I was just like, ah, it's not, uh. Yeah. See, I don't agree with this one. Galactus flashbacks. Uh, ripping on uh, Dormammu. Yeah, yeah, I don't really agree with that one either. I didn't think it was that bad. No, no. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it. I don't know what they were expecting. Yeah. Oh, great. That's for you. If you guys want to take it, my page just crash. Uh, oh, mine keeps freezing on me. <laughs> uh, the next one is um, powers don't work because reasons. <laughs> and it, they're referring back to X-Men Apocaflop with the dodgy script to the performances. Uh, um, like after the mansion is destroyed and Stryker arrives and kidnap, kidnaps some, just some of the mutants. Yeah. Um, well, a flop got another one. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Nightcrawler, Cyclops, and Jean Grey jump unseen in one of the helicopters that infiltrate 
Striker's base. And then, and then, and that is even if, apparently without any explanation, Striker has a device that nullifies all mutants' powers. Yay. Uh, I don't really know why he didn't have that device installed in every corner of his base. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, the next one is she's she with you in reference to Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, Batman versus Superman or Batman Heart Superman. <laughs> yeah, Wonder Woman was the only. I guess that line might not have been great, but yeah, that was the only that was a good appearance, yeah. uh, good entrance fire. Yeah, she was awesome in the movie. Yeah, she's the only thing that had anything decent with her. I know. Now going, now going back to Suicide Squad, belly dancing for the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> they go um, especially since Suicide Squad went downhill as soon as the first act ended what in the world was Enchantress doing there what was her end game and how and how did that weird down that weird dance help her uh, hello and goodbye again with uh, Suicide Squad uh, it was clear from the beginning of the marketing campaign which of the Suicide Squad members which one was going to die first obviously it was Slipknot yeah. the guy with the most useless skill <laughs> you tie knots yeah and he was like he was in the movie for like five minutes <laughs> Um, in X-Men Days of Future Past, and in, wait, are these, oh, 2016. So yeah, this is going to come from Apocaflop, Magneto destroys the world, and nothing happens. Yeah, seemed rather uneventful. What's up with that? Um, a certain future, again, going back to Apocaflop. Um, someone running out of ideas? Am I the only one getting tired of seeing Magneto in all of these X-Men movies? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was a little overkill with him. Yeah, uh, a new leader for the X Men with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they went that way. With who? Jennifer Lawrence, especially since that was her last movie. Oh Mystique, wow! Yeah. yeah, they went with Mystique, Mystique. as uh, wow as the of, new leader of the X Men, one of their one of their biggest enemies. <laughs> yeah. Um, special mention: Max Steel and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were the other two think, 2016 movies in this general genre. Neither of which I saw. I saw, I did watch Turtles. I haven't seen Max Steel. How was the Turtles? Eh, better than the first one. Yeah, that's not saying a whole lot, though. <laughs> but, you, but you have Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. Yeah. I heard um, they were pretty good. The entire concept of a Suicide Squad. <laughs> well, no, it, it's a great idea if you read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, Martha. Oh. <laughs> so many great memes came from that, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, when it killed me though I'm like come on yeah. I'm, I'm here to kill you well, tell my mom Martha Martha that's my mom's name <laughs> your mom's name Martha so is mine we're best friends now <laughs> you're my buddy uh, well speaking of best friends how about conventions? Usually you meet up with some cool people there. Well, apparently, um, when a con is crap, this is coming from comicsbeat.com. When a con is crap, even Stan Lee was not enough to save Marvelous Nerd, Nerd Year's Eve. Apparently, a company called Geek Expo um, put on a show called Marvelous Nerd Year's Eve. Uh, I guess the show ran from the 29th through the 1st. And uh, one, it's such an odd time for a convention. It's a dead time. Except for like Asian shows, you know, like Winter yeah. Com- Comic and other Asian shows. Because they, 
you know, Christmas is not as popular. Um, but some of the convention organizers had just to, had to just test the waters, such as the idea of an outfit known as Geek Expos. The idea was get Stan Lee as the main guest and include 40 other celebrities, including Ming-Na Wen, Michael Roker, Kevin Sorbo, Jason Mewes, Nichelle Nichols, and many other eight-list nerdle brights. Uh, rent out the Sheridan Dallas, hold, hold the show for four days, and schedule a bunch of VIP parties and signings. And watch the money roll in as fans spend a four-day New Year's Eve holiday trip with the man. Well, that's not happening. As usual, the details played out on in a Facebook post by a volunteer. And uh, the writer of this story says he spoke to um, a few people who were close to the situation. Here's what happened. The organizers expected 8,000 guests to break even, but only drew 4,000. Hmm. Duh, it's New Year's Eve weekend. And this was not enough to cover the hotel guarantee, meaning the con had guaranteed the hotel X amount in bookings. When not enough rooms were booked, the amount owed skyrocketed as rooms were then billed at a higher rate. When the guarantee wasn't met, the higher the hotel threatened to kick out to kick people out of their rooms on Sunday unless organizers paid the difference. Holy cow. Um as with Rewind Con, organizers overreached. Uh, 40 A-list guests for a first-year show. For, for slebs of this caliber, that guarantees, the guarantees must have been huge. Stanley himself made $200,000, half paid up Holy front. Holy cow. No. That's unbelievable. Uh, no. Geek, Geek Expos has already announced that they will be going out of business due to six-figure losses from the show. Yeah. And, and all the company employees were laid off the Sunday morning of the show. Future Ge- Geek Expo events, one in Dallas, one in Tulsa, have been canceled. Celebrity guarantees were not met, and even Stanley got stiffed for half or for about fifty thousand dollars of his two hundred thousand dollar fee. There's a lot of crosstalk whether stars got all their autograph fees at the show or whether it was repurposed for other bills. Uh, things got so bad that at eleven forty five p.m. on New Year's Eve, just as the people who were there had paid. For hundreds of dollars for VIP tickets uh, and were in the mood to celebrate a new year. The hotel threatened to turn off the room keys for the hotel rooms in common areas, necessitating a scramble to get cash to pay the hotel bill. Wow. <laughs> this is a mess. Uh, although rooms were settled, the the hotel did not give out a promised champagne toast. Perhaps the cruelest blow of all, despite all of the midnight countdown with Stan Lee, was a magical moment for some, as was a roast of Stan earlier in the night. Uh, there was even an artist alley at the show, but it was on a separate level with autographs and media vendors on a different floor. Uh, being told that the vendors, that for vendors and artists, that the show sucked like, well, it sucked. Uh, <laughs> one, one artist did not make enough money at his table to even cover valet parking experiences. As usual with shows where attendance is much lower than expected, um, the Nerdle Brights and the volunteers on hand went out of their way to let fans, let the fans who were there to have, have a good time. There were no lines for autographs. However, one fan said, says he paid $500 for a Stanley autograph as part of a package and he stood in line to get it only to have Stan's people remove him before the signing hours were over. Probably because of one, all the other drama. The fan got a pre-signed autograph but no FaceTime with Stan. 
It doesn't help matters either that Texas has a ton of media shows, almost one a week. And there are two shows in Dallas in the next month alone. So, yeah. Well, sorry. Geek Expo, gone. Bye-bye. Crazy. That is a crazy story. Yeah, yeah. It's usually the fans that get really screwed on this type of thing, too. Uh, Well, you know, it seems like they were getting screwed on this type of thing. mm -hmm. On on this one. So... Talking about getting screwed. <laughs> How about CNN and what they've been doing? <laughs> I mean, usually we don't talk politics, but this was kind of entertaining because it kind of crossed the barrier. Right. CNN. This is from uh, EpiGeek.com. Uh, CNN needs a screenshot from Fallout 4 to show how Russian hack things. How Russian hack things. <laughs> really? That's so weird. Some intern's going, let's see if we could get away with this one. Uh-huh. So news networks who need B-roll footage to show while they're talking about hacking usually <laughs> just show keyboards and random strings of letters and numbers while the audience stares blindly at the screen, assuming that whatever they're looking at is somehow related to the topic. Uh-huh. Or if you're CNN, you see steal footage for one of the most popular video games of the year and hope that nobody watches and will recognize it. And a recent story about President Obama proposing sanctions against Russia for its role in cyber attacks targeting the United States, CNN grabbed a screenshot of the hacking minigame from the extremely popular RPG Fallout 4. First spotted by Reddit, the screenshot shows the menacing neon green letters that gamers will instantly recognize as being from the game. <laughs> and I hate this part too, trying to figure out the hacks for the, the part of the Fallout 4. <laughs> trying to do these hacks. But yeah, that's hilarious. I wonder if uh, Valve got any uh, residuals. I sincerely doubt it. <laughs> right? But yeah, I guess there's some butt on their face from that one. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder I wonder if they even like know what's going on, like that they did that, or if it was just... Right, and the comments. Finally, it's some proof that the Russians caused Hillary Clinton to lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Well, I guess if we're in a wasteland, that's how they will be uh, using the axe. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. What, we're not in wastelands now? Yeah. <laughs> it's a teenage wasteland. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> On to other better gaming news. I'm extremely excited about this. Yes. Mass Effect Andromeda finally gets an official release date. Oh, finally. I, I love Mass and Effect. Back. Yep. Uh, the Mass Effect franchise will launch on March 21st, 2017 in the U.S. Yes. and in Europe on March 23rd, 2017 on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I gotta see when they'll start to pre- start doing pre-sales on it. Right. So start devising elaborate excuses to get out of work now because we have a feeling you're going to want to hole up in your own private Normandy and play the ever-loving heck out of this game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at the uh, gameplay um, trailer on on the page. This is from Nerdist, by the way. Looking at the game tra- play uh, trailer, it looks sweet. Oh, yeah. And I guess there's two protagonists, a uh, male and a female, and I guess they're brother and sister. Interesting. And you can play as either one of them, and I guess their stories are different. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Awesome. But it looks, looks like it will be good, especially after... Uh, it seems like they're kind of uh, gearing back after the events of uh, Mass Effect 3, while pretty much all of the kind of everything got knocked back to the Stone Age as far as travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, you're playing an explorer looking for inhabitable uh, worlds for uh, the human race. Ah, so that's that what you're be, doing. That could be really cool. Yeah. That could be a lot of fun. And I guess that all, they're saying that all the planets have different environments, different dangers, and things like that. And you pretty much, anything you get, you pretty much have to steal 
or craft yourself. Oh, wow. Interesting. That could be very This is sounding better and better. I cannot wait to play it. Well, we will be able to on March 21st. Finally, we actually get something before Europe and Japan do. I know, right? (laughs) Usually we're the last ones to get stuff. And I guess that leads to you, Derek. Well, if we want to... If we want to talk about things that are disappointments, uh, no offense to you guys at the Mighty Marvel Geeks, Mike. I'm a Marvel fan, but even I had trouble with the uh, Civil War um, crossover event comic that came out that just finished. Did you ever hear us have true faith in Civil War? (laughs) No, I'll give you that. I will give you that. I wanted to like Civil War. I really did. It was an interesting concept. It could have been really cool. It just it just went very wrong. So Epic Stream has five reasons that Civil War 2 disappointed Marvel fans. And to be frank, I'm surprised they only came up with five. Or maybe they just limited limited themselves to five. So, number five, the casualties felt forced, which I definitely agree with. It says, no matter what, anytime there's war, there's going to be casualties, even in comic books. In fact, the events of the original Civil War kicked off after a battle between Namorita and Nitro resulted in the deaths of a number of schoolchildren. Furthermore, Goliath lost his life in a melee between the pre- and anti-registration factions after he was attacked by a clone version of Thor. Which, that's the kind of stuff that made the original Civil War really good. Mm -hmm. In this one, they killed off James Rode, War Machine, who was killed by Thanos. That felt warranted, raising the stakes appropriately and creating sympathy for Tony Stark that felt earned. Mm -hmm. But I think they kind of wasted that. Why did they kill the Hulk like that? I I know. When She-Hulk was critically injured in the same battle, it didn't quite have the same effect. Yeah, because then she was like in a coma and then that was like all you heard of it. Right. And you're left with a death that felt completely out of left field that did little to elevate the overall story. Bruce Banner has essentially been MIA since the end of Secret Wars, so to have him meet his demise didn't have nearly the same impact as the death of Tony's best friend, who was also dating Captain Marvel, or the near death of Carol Danvers' close friend. Like I said before, it felt like it was placed there for shock value alone, which that is exactly what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number four, it did massive damage to Captain Marvel's character. Yeah, it kind of messed up the whole... Like, it felt like every book you read, with her in it, she was acting a different way, and nobody quite... It didn't feel real to me. No, like her it, character. It it was it was rough. Yeah. Well, I liked. Let me see if I can find the exact post. Jimmy Is Pullman. It? Jimmy Pullman Hottie brought up a great idea. Uh, I just gotta find his post. Um. Here we go. I think comics are treated the way they are mainly because of the way they look and feel. Um, walk into any bookstore and you see a presentation, you see that presentation demands respect. If comics stay the way they are, size, format, paper, then they will always be treated like magazines and be disposable. And on some level, the people making them will continue to think of them as disposable entertainment. Rebooting a line is fun, 
but at its core, the stories have been better. Mean something. Or the the sport. The stories have to be better. Mean something. Push the characters forward and entertain in the process. Again, this is all coming from Jimmy Palminati. Uh, I look forward to the time when each title comes out quarterly, and they are hardcover books with sixty-eight pages with a with sixty-eight page single stories. If your basic book is 22 pages and comes out 12 times a year, that is 264 pages a year, making them quarterly with better paper, larger print size, hardcover stock, and single stories per book gives you 272 pages a year. Longer shelf life, more focused stories, single art stories single artist stories and the amount of ti- and with the amount of titles that DC and Marvel put out there will still be new books coming out each week provided and it would make things easier for people to hopefully make deadlines which has been an issue with Marvel recently uh-huh that's why the last issue of uh Civil War 2 just came out last month even though there's yeah. already been issues of other comics that are happening after the end of this one. Right, right. kind of spoiling the whole thing. Right, which is part uh, of the problem. Yeah. yeah, so, well, to, to answer your question on the financial side, when we talked about this before show, on the financial side, you charge accordingly for books and even better for the lo- with a longer shelf life and better visibility. A company can dig in and get major advertisers involved with the books. I know some of you hate ads, but they subsidize a lot of costs, and as long as they don't screw up the story... Are ne- are you know as are a necessary thing as well. We're looking for some different. We're looking at the demographics of comics changing. The people that buy them now have more money. More females are buying the books and so on. So why aren't we seeing advertising aimed at these new stats? Why are there new car ads and perfume company ads, fashion and so on in the books? Why is advertising limited to, to each company's internal products and video games? People that buy comics own homes, go to school, travel, and consume other things. Anyway, that's the end of my rant for now. I've been saying this stuff for years and will be applying it to paper film books from now on. Opinions are welcome. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to wait four months for a story between stories. I, that... I, I, um, there was a book last year, uh, called Headlopper, or was it the year before? That did, they came out quarterly, and it came out with oversized issues that were like, they were like six bucks each. And, uh, it wasn't bad, it worked. Well, I think they need to do is just slim down on the amount of books that they're throwing at people and only stick with the, the decent, the good books instead of throwing everything out there and seeing what, uh, seeing what works. Yeah, slim down yeah, the lines, and I doubt that'll happen. Right, I I would I would like to see. Um, I mean, both companies need to to slim it down, but you know, as Derek just said, it's not going to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. So back to the Civil War two. Sorry, another <laughs> another reason they had is uh, Ulysses, the main. Well, I don't know if you'd call him the main character was nothing more than a plot device. He was the inhuman that saw the visions that everybody was all up in arms about, and they didn't really do anything with him. He wasn't really even a likable like character, I didn't think. He, was like uh, he, was, he wasn't even a character at all. Right. And then he just, they didn't do it. He didn't go anywhere. His story didn't go anywhere. There was, like, no point to it 
other than for him to be the plot device that would start this second civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number two reason it failed to live up to the original, which that's for sure because that was a high bar to reach. <laughs> yeah, the original civil war was awesome, and it was just. It was the perfect thing at the perfect time. It was done great, mm-hmm. um, and this one just felt like like uh, it felt like the Godfather three. <laughs> <laughs> It just didn't, ah. And the number one reason, which we already talked a little about, the aftermath preceded the conclusion. The final issue just came out, like, last month, like, a couple weeks ago, and there were already books coming out in November that were already taking place after the end of this book, which were, and they did, you know, they just went right into it as if the book had already come out. Mm-hmm. So the the big shock ending was kind of ruined, spoiled. They they did the same thing with the Secret Wars too. They, yeah, yeah the exactly. <laughs> yep. and it's a shame too. Yeah, because I remember when uh, I remember when Secret Wars when they announced Secret Wars, I was like, oh, that's that's a great idea. I love that. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then it just fizzled. Yeah, I think it kind of dragged on too long. Yeah, definitely. Well, so did this one because I started. Yeah. I stopped really caring about it a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. but I still, you know, I was like, well, I just got to see what happens. And- right. Just like, uh, just you forget what's going on. Yeah. Like a dark, dark night three. I mean, that's still going on and I have no idea what's going on. in it. Oh, I know. Right. Every time that comes <laughs> out, I'm like, what did I even read the last issue? I don't right. <laughs> I haven't even read the first issue of it. Yeah. Actually, not bad. I guess I don't remember. I, yeah, at this point in time, <laughs> what I'm I waiting. remember of it, yeah. <laughs> I'll be waiting for the trade paperback. We might as well. That's what eight issues combined, right? I think so. I think, so. Yeah. I think it's still. I think a new one just came out recently. Yeah, sure. it did. Not that long ago. I like an uh, article Jeremy Renner from Avengers wants a spinoff featuring Black Widow and Hawkeye. That would be kind of interesting. Oh yeah, that would be. You know, it's funny, like so. when when the small publishers do that with their books and they don't, you know, they they don't ship books on time. I drop those books usually. I'm just like, I can't. I remember when Image first came out, they were notorious for that. They were so slow. Yeah. Yeah. But oh yeah. At this point in time, Marvel be like this. Or you, yeah, and, they, you know, DC had the same type of issues. I don't think DC has been as bad. Not recently, but they haven't but really they, had. Yeah, but they like they did have crossovers. they did have their time though. Yeah. yeah. So, but I like the approach that they're taking now for uh, rebirth, yeah. taking it slow and yeah, and making sure everything comes out in time and not releasing everything at once. Yeah, and the two ninety nine price point is very nice too. Yeah, that, that's, that's the other. Nice. That's the other thing that needs to happen. They they need to. The other companies need to look at considering dropping back down to the you know taking the buck off. Yeah, I mean, I saw some other publisher was looking at um, going to cheaper stock and and less colors and things like that. If that's what uh, it takes, the then price. I'm fine yeah. with it. I'm fine with that. Heck, we we, wrote, we read uh, comics in the 80s and we liked it and we're fine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Before they went to have fancy chromium covers and direct sales and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 But yeah, when it gets up gets up to four bucks a comic, it's getting I know. a bit well, ridiculous. And when it's some... more than that... Uh. Yeah, it, it makes it hard, mm-hmm. especially when they're doing bi-weekly or weekly books. It's like, how the heck are you supposed to keep up with that? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then all That's the kills and it's like the the whole thing with the variant covers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marvel's getting to the point. It, it, I mean, Marvel's still overkilling on the variant covers. Yeah. Uh, so you don't even get into that. So That's I know I don't there. either. Usually, 
the only the only ones I've truly been getting into has been the action figure ones with the Star Wars titles. Yeah, yeah, and that's starting to get old. <laughs> did did they? Um, I just saw a comic came out today with uh, Deadpool as Howard the Duck or something like that, or Howard the Duck as Deadpool. Oh yeah, that's a. Uh... <sighs> Don't tell me that. Deadpool Duck, they're calling it or something like that? Yeah. I saw, I saw that on Comicology. You didn't see that, Mike? No. I tr- oh, I thought you'd be all over that one. I, I have been so busy with work. I mean, <laughs> insane. Like, I had sound check at 3 o'clock in the morning. Wow. So, where on Comicology is this? Under our Marvel Comics, <laughs> new comics on sale. Uh, it's Deadpool Duck. Yeah. Really? <laughs> What do you get when you take one cynical anthropomorphic duck named Howard and cross it with the smelliest and most annoying mercenary in the Marvel Universe? <laughs> Deadpool the duck. Okay. That's a pretty accurate description. Saving Grace. Yeah. This is issue one of five. Yeah. So I'm not going to... Yeah. So now my debate is, do I actually add it to my pull list, or do I wait for the trade? It's written by Stuart Moore and art by Jacopo Camaganini. Or Camaganini. I've heard of these folks. Looks pretty funny, though. Yeah, looks good. It's I'll have to take a look. Three ninety nine price point, though. That's why it, I'm almost tempted to just go, okay, trade paperback. See, I'm too patient and patient for trades. I mean, the, the especially color, comics yeah. that I, especially the, comics that I actually like and look forward to every month. Yeah, the, the, the covers for the other issues look amazing. Number uh, issue two, it's Deadpool the Duck with Rocket Raccoon, mm-hmm. and then there's almost a um, Tiny Toons type map on three, four. Uh, I could care less about, and then five is a tribute to uh, Warner Brothers with Porky Pig. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, so long, suckers. <laughs> yeah. So, does this kind of wrap things up? I believe so. Uh, I think we covered everything. We went a lot longer than I thought we would. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Any final thoughts? Uh, good luck to Jules and her family and the new baby. Yeah. Yes, I hope you're getting lots of sleep. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> speaking of which, I got to get over this cold. <laughs> I need rest. Uh, oh, and Happy New Year, everybody. Yes. yes. Happy 2018. <laughs> uh, wait. Sorry. I had a Steve Harvey moment again. I, I apologize to 2017 for not having a chance to run uh, in a <laughs> <that> year. <laughs> yeah, when I got that picture, I'm like, I'm abusing this. <laughs> <laughs> um I can say I am going to uh, do the Star Wars tour at Disney Hollywood Studios on the 16th. Nice. So that that I'm looking forward to. It's still doing uh, tours and stuff? Um, yeah, Dis- Disney does different tours like Keys to the Kingdom or Behind the Seeds or other like behind the scenes backstage type stuff uh they they announced when they when they did the um spaceship earth to death star reveal mm-hmm. uh they announced a a tour it's a seven hour tour at studios that includes nice. um special viewing for the fireworks show the star wars themed fireworks show and the special viewing includes the star wars themed dessert party <laughs> there's a dinner with um at, at one of the restaurants with a Star Wars themed menu, uh, Zoe will get access. Well, will get to participate in Jedi Training Academy. Uh, we'll get special ride on uh, Star Tours, uh, meet and greet with Chewbacca and Kylo Ren. Uh, 
special viewing of a film featurette, stuff like that. So it's going to be cool. Be curious to see what happens and where we go. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, I'm just curious about how they're going to fill seven hours. Oh, I'm sure they'll find a way. <laughs> uh, well, and then they say a a Star Wars knowledgeable guide <laughs> yeah. with, with with me and my brother and my daughter. They better be pretty knowledgeable, or we're going to be holding some people accountable. <laughs> so, so yeah. And, of course, we'll be talking about that over on uh, Wookiee Radio the Saturday after it happens. Cool. So, anything else before we wrap it up? Nope. Yeah, I think that's it. Then, on that note... So, um... The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Want to know more?